0: I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make, or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable Brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. This week on the Productivityist Podcast, my guest is Sean Blanc. He returns once again to be on the show. Sean is the main man behind SeanBlanc.net. He also has several sites called The Sweet Setup, Tools and Toys, and he is the creator of the Focus Course. Uh, it was great to have him back on the show as we talked about some of the things that we uh, noticed at a conference we were at over the past uh, week as we're as I'm recording this now. Um, You know, as always, whenever Sean and I get together, we have a great time. So let's just dive into my conversation with Sean Blanc here on the Productivityist podcast. I'd like to welcome Sean Blanc back to the Productivityist podcast. Sean, thanks for joining me this morning.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Mike. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, you've been on the show before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. We we just saw each other, uh, what, like three days ago? basically yeah, two or three days later. yeah yeah yeah. so good old nashville tennessee had you had you been there before to nashville
1: i've i drove through nashville on the way back from my honeymoon my wife and i went on a cruise like down in the gulf coast and then drove back from alabama up through uh to kansas city so we kind of drove through nashville mm-hmm.
0: but no That's no it. no extended like i didn't even get a chance to go downtown like i i i i didn't it wasn't a desire necessarily. Like if I really wanted to, I wasn't compelled to go, but it would have been nice to, to to make the trip. But next year, right? There's always next year.
1: So did you, I'm sure you heard Nashville is like the, was the number one destination, like tourist destination mm-hmm. this year in the United States. And apparently it's the number one destination for, um, uh, bachelorette parties. I know
0: it, it, it beats Vegas on that front, which I found fascinating.
1: Very interesting. I was really, I, dude, Franklin was amazing. So we were actually down in Franklin.
0: Yes. um, Yes. Attending Jeff Goins' tribe conference, which uh, I have to say, um, and I touched on this a little bit in, in, uh, in, in the bonus episode Um, before, like I was really looking forward to it. So if you, if you're a Patreon member, you would have heard the bonus episode that I did where I was talking to Jim Woods, who's the content manager for productivityist. But uh, you know, you'll hear and and further takeaways, more personal takeaways later this week, uh, for Patreon supporters. But um, what what I it was just honestly one of the best events I've ever been to. Like what what it, like what, it, when you you've been to your fair share of events as well. Like where would you rank Tribe on, on that on that list?
1: It's definitely up there. It was it was different. I think what made it so great is it was just kind of. It was just different. There was a very different vibe to it. Uh, I thought that the the pace of the event was really great. So they had these four tracks um, in terms of like growing your mess, like figuring out your message, building your platform, growing your audience, making money. Like these different tracks that I thought were really. Um, just intentional. It was fun, and then they had like a couple different speakers, a couple couple different panels mm-hmm. for each one, and which it, it, I thought was really cool. And
0: it was a single, like just to clarify for those people who've been to many, it was a single, like it was a single track event. But it was like the four tracks were like the curriculum that were interwoven throughout. So you didn't miss anything, which is which is one of the things that that always kind of frustrates me at conferences is, is that you can't be part of the whole experience. But with Tribe Conference, you could be. And and for those of you who don't know what it is, if you go to tribeconference.com, you could definitely see what it is. But Jeff Goins, my friend, Jeff Goins, mutual friend uh, for both of us, uh, he puts on, um, he's put it on for the last, this was the third edition of it. And it's basically a conference, if you want to simplify it, like a business conference for writers, I would say would be, but it's so much more than that, right, Sean?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I would call it a business conference. There was, I guess there was definitely a lot of talk about the, the audience building stuff, the platform development, business development-ish, but it, it felt more like a um, like a creative conference for writers. Like, I felt like a most, at least for me. Most of my takeaways were related to like doing the work Mm -hmm. and not so much uh, making a few bucks.
0: Yeah, I I think I think that that's a a really interesting perspective, because I I do agree that there is the creative components. But one of my biggest takeaways was the uh, other, you know, obviously show up every day. But it was very much along the lines of there's a lot of writers out there. And there were, I, I would imagine, quite a few at this event that just write for the sake of writing, but don't know how to be a business person and a creative at the same time. They just know that they're creative and they make their thing. And then they kind of hope that it, uh, that, that brings them joy in in and of itself. Whereas for me, and and I would imagine for you as well, like there is, I mean, it's part of our business. So, I mean, the great thing about a conference like this is that not only uh, is, is the, is the way you look at it. Um, It can be skewed by where you're at in the game, number one, or what, you know, one of the quotes that uh, Ryan Holiday mentioned was from his editor, Nikki Papadopoulos. And, and during his talk, he said, uh, her quote was, it's not what a book is, it's what a book does. And I think that that's, that encompasses this event really, really succinctly.
1: Yeah, it's really true. I, I,
0: that was a great that was a great line. It's not what it is. It's what it does. So, and, uh, so what were your big ahead. takeaways? Like what were like coming out of that event? Cause we spent like what the whole week in Nashville, basically, like, what were your big takeaways? Because a lot of the people listening today are going to be like, okay, well, is it productive to go to a conference? They know I go to a lot of them as well. Like what made this conference, what, what was the impact of this conference that you're going to be able to take going forward?
1: For me, I mean, I mean, lots of takeaways, I think for sure. I think a huge thing though, for me is not so much the, um, like the takeaways itself from the event, but just like the, just the overall feel like the, like the event, right? Like I just really enjoyed, uh, going into Nashville. Nashville is a beautiful city. Like Franklin was so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, so for me, a lot of it is the, the personal connection, the community, and getting to connect, you know, guys like with you, with you, Mike, of course, like we pretty much hung out the whole conference. Uh, Our our buddy, Anthony Angaro, uh, getting to see Jeff, getting to see Sean McCabe, uh, Leo Babauta was there, which like, uh, you know, finally got to meet him face to face, which was uh, such an honor. Um, So some of these people that just are peers, mentors, kind of heroes, so to speak in the industry of just people that have done consistently great work. So for me, one of the biggest things is just the the chance to kind of rub shoulders, have conversations, meet these people. Uh, We got to meet Karen Anderson, um, you know, who is a a talent acquisition, you know, for, for a large publisher. And she was just so delightful Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting to have lunch at her home. So like some of the stuff for me is all, all the main takeaways are around the community aspect of it, Um, which is really liberating because it means that you don't have to necessarily pick just the right event to go to because any event you go to that's going to be like this, you're going to begin to meet people like that. You're going to run into folks that you're able to build this uh, you know, community with. And so you don't have to pick just the right event that's just going to change your life uh, just so. Whereas it's like, man, go to anything. Go to any conference where there's going to be someone that, that you know or recognize or look up to. And that's all you need is just that that one connection. And you're going to meet other people throughout there. So for me, I always put a, a massive emphasis on the community, trying to get to know people. Like I will go have a one-on-one coffee date with somebody um rather than sitting in on a session. Like I would rather have that connection, build those relationships because it just makes the work we do uh easier. I think I'm I'm sure you can attest to this. Like, you know, I mean I, I'm right now I'm back home. I'm in my little office downstairs and I'm, you know, I'm back to work and I'm I'm alone. You know, <laughs> and so it's it's so helpful to have those a, like have that heightened, you know, a weekend where you're hanging out with friends and you're able to talk shop. Um, but then also you're developing those relationships and then all throughout the year, you know, it's like, man, when I'm hitting a, a problem or I'm, I've am i got an idea or like, hey, let's collaborate or whatever. It's like, hey, I can call you up and, and, and chat about it. And that is just so valuable. So for me, that's, I mean, I've got some other takeaways too we can get into, but I wanted to list that one as my top.
0: And it's one of the things for me is that, you know, because, uh, you know, we've been in the space for so long, like, yeah, you and I hung out quite a bit. We had some, um, you can have those deeper conversations and be a bit more vulnerable, you know, like we talked about, uh, before we started, like, uh, you know, and those of you who are listening and, and, um, have, w- we getting the productivity weekly. You're probably like, what happened all summer? Like, where was it? There was no announcement that it wasn't going to happen. And sh- speaking of showing up every day, uh, I showed up in certain areas, but not in others. And uh, we can all kind of fall victim to it. So when you go to an event like this, it can kind of recalibrate, reset. Again, September is my start to my year. And it it definitely reinfo- it, it's reinforcing, it's validating. And then you also have those people that you've hung out with that are going to call you. And John, uh, I mean, Jeff call- talked about it from the main stage, about him and having conversations with John Acuff and, Um, You know, one of the other speakers is like, people will call your bluff, they'll call you out. And because it's such a collaborative, the internet is, is really a very collaborative space. And competition is, sure, it's part of it, but it's not, it's not nearly the driving factor that, say, it might be on the offline world, per se. But, I mean, I was able to sit down, like, during that final mastermind session that I know you were sitting in the in the lounge, just largely initially chatting with some of the other people that were there. Then you went into the mastermind. I spent the whole time talking with Jim and Anthony about, like, what my big takeaway, My, my one of my big takeaways was, you know, you gotta get out of your own way you got to i mean we all fall victim to this you know where it's you know we talked about off the top where you know it's like there's no way i could possibly do that or you sabotage there's some sabotage that shows up in the weirdest most um unsuspecting ways and when you're at an event like this where it's kind of put it where where you feel like you can put it out all uh, you know all out on the table uh it puts you in this right frame of mind so that when you go back to you know your office at home when you're by yourself you know that a people have got your back number 1 b that you've got that clarity which you and I love to talk about clarity and awareness and focus because you've come because you I mean you have no excuses. There's, there's, you know, I mean, one of the things that got thrown around during our conversation was the idea of, you know, mind over matter. And I said, sometimes matter is what it's matter over mind. Like what's in front of you is the thing you need to deal with, as opposed to listening to what's going on in your mind, because your mind might be deceiving you. And, yeah, and so that was a big thing for me, um, during the event, uh we we, had, we it was such a great time. I mean I'm already going next year. Like I already uh you know I I ponied up the dough for next year already because it was just <laughs> one of those Yeah, I'm like there, I'm going. Uh Nashville again. And Nashville's just a great place to be. There's a lot of really smart cool people. The city's great. Um and and yeah, like so you know, I, I mean, I've been to my fair share. World Domination Summit's another one that's always been, you know, one of my top ones. Uh, you know, Tropical Think Tank was great. But this one, there was just something about this one. And, I, and I'm and i still go, I'm still processing. Like you, When you come back... I think, yeah, honestly, yeah.
1: you know, Mike, I think what made it so special for you is that I was there.
0: Yeah, but that, that too. A big, big that's, part I of mean, it. I mean, that's the big variable. You know, it's funny. <laughs> we have known each other for how long... We are trying to figure this out. So Macworld is... I think we've known each other for what? Almost... Do you want to say, cl- I mean, gosh, nine years?
1: I'm going to say close to, yeah, nine or 10 years. Because we, we first met face-to-face at Macworld 2012, yeah. January 2012. I remember specifically. But we were friends online before that for at least a few other years. So we've, we've been buddies for going on close to six years now in terms of we've actually hung out and seen each other yeah. on a regular basis yeah. at conferences and stuff. Um, cause it's, and it's funny too, because you and I have both kind of made that arc. I'm sure, you know, your listeners are like, whatever, but it's, <laughs> I like the origin story. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, and we both kind of made that arc from the, the nerdy software stuff a little bit over toward the side of, of the productivity and, you know, sort of, I, I, I don't like to use the word intentional living just cause it feels like it's such a buzzword. Mm-hmm. I feel like I heard that. Intentional living, yeah. like five hundred times this weekend. Like it seemed, everyone I talked to, I bumped into, they they had a blog about intentional living, um, including myself and yours uh, <laughs> as, as well.
0: I got to stop using that term. I like, got like I can't put that in my intention. Crap, I got to get that out of the.
1: <laughs> but at the same time, it's like that stuff matters. Like I, I really, you know, you can't. Sure, a lot of people are talking about it, but it's also it's so important. It's not. Sure, just because everyone's doing it doesn't negate the the genuine value that is is found in actually like living an intentional life and like making those hard choices um, to stay healthy and and focus on things that matter to you. I want to come back real quick if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. something you said about the importance of just getting out of your own way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, you know, like uh, this isn't necessarily related to the conference, but it's actually something I've been thinking about quite a bit recently. Is just related to perfectionism. And um, there's this book by J.D. Meyer called Getting Results the Agile mm-hmm. Way. I love this book. Um, and he talks about perfectionism being like one of the primary uh, pitfalls to productivity. There's a lot of Ps in that sense, And he said that perfectionism strikes at three different spots within a project or a goal or whatever it is you're working on. And perfectionism strikes at the very beginning when you decide that you're not even going to start because you know you won't be able to do it well enough. Um, and I've like seen this happen before. Like I have a good friend who has had this idea for a book. He's written down notes. He's got this outline and stuff, and it's um, this idea for a book. And then someone really famous came and wrote almost the exact same book, like same idea, same stuff. And it kind of had to do with like, you know, pulling out like certain Hebrew words related to music and then, uh, talking about that. And like this, there's like seven words, I guess, seven Hebrew words. And this other person literally wrote the same book, uh, pulling out those same seven words. And so he was like, Oh, now I can never write this book. Like someone else has already done it. And that's like this perfectionist mindset of like, I can't do it well enough. So why even bother starting? So perfectionism kills you there. And, and, perfectionism.
0: Yeah. It, go ahead. Well, and and John Acuff touched on this in his talk at Tribe, you know, about about the exactly. idea of perfect, like, and one of the things, is, this is actually quite funny. So I picked up the book that John had, which, and John was, you know, recently on the uh, podcast. I'll put the link in the show notes. Same with Sean McCabe, who actually was there as well. And I just got his overlap book in the mail today because Canada, um, but uh <laughs> uh, John talked, so John had his book, which I already had a galley copy of, but I bought it because he worked with an artist and, and I'll, I'll put a link to the, the, the artist's name is just escaping me right now. Um, but the, the idea was, is that nothing, I mean, perfect is the enemy of done, which we already know. like, that's something we all generally know. Um, but we need reminders of, so there's this poster and it, it, it's, it's a, almost like a a comic strip. I don't know. Did you get one Sean or no? I don't know if I didn't, but I got to, I saw the poster. So I picked it up because I thought this is, this is something that I need to work, work through as well. Um, and I was trying to find a mailing tube to put this thing in, to bring it home. Cause you know, again, Canada trying to get all the way. I mean, it was a five hour flight from Nashville just to Seattle. And, uh, I had this epiphany as i was driving around nashville i'm like why do i need to get a mailing tube like the poster doesn't need to be perfect it just needs to get to my house and so the po i mean it's not like overly crinkled or anything like that but it looks worn it looks like okay this is not something that you know some people might go oh it got wrecked but to me it's almost like symbolic it's 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 perfect for the poster because the poster is about not being perfect, so. Uh, but John talked about this in his book, and he talked a little bit about it during the episode. But yeah, it's and that's the thing is is that another thing that came up during that event and and is is the idea that we all have our own voice that resonates with other people. Right. So, you know, that's why you and I can work together. And yet we still have our own people that listen to our own stuff. And, and, you know, and then there's other people in the space as well. But I want to talk about the idea of showing up every day, because that was a common theme throughout. And I I know that you have some tactics that will help people do that because now I want to get into the nuts and bolts of that. So why don't you dive into that and unpack that a little bit?
1: Yeah, no, this is great because I feel like it ties in too with the perfectionism stuff. Cause um, you know, like you were saying, like perfectionism can keep you from getting started, but it also keeps you from finishing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, maybe you do get started, but then it it keeps you from finishing. Um and so the idea with showing up every day is you you're developing this habit, right? Of I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna do the work, and I'm just gonna I'm going to make it a commitment, this routine to create something every day, to do the work, to sit down. And a lot of people, uh, you know, Ben Hardy, I think, spoke about this. Lee Babata spoke about this, of just this commitment. Um, Ashantu spoke about this. I can't remember her last name, but she shared about it as well. Just this commitment to sit down every single day and write for just 10 minutes. And they're like, like, that was it. So it's this low barrier of entry, this easy bar, and, you know, Leo, he would say that he when he would sit down to write, it wasn't like that was his 10 minutes of writing time. It was he was like, I have to write. I'm not allowed to do anything but write, including I'm I'm, I'm not allowed to not write. <laughs> Basically, you mm-hmm. like you can't just sit there and stare. You have to type words out, whatever they are, you have to write. And he would do that for 10 minutes. And when he was first starting his blog, Zen Habits, back in the day, like uh, 12 years ago or whatever it was, He was writing like every single day, but he was so hungry to write and he was so excited. So he was like guest posting on five different websites. Uh, He was writing a blog post on his own website every single day, just doing all this stuff. Plus he was a newspaper editor and a journalist. And so he was like writing all day at work too, Um, just tons. But like that commitment, that showing up every day, it like, it busts you through kind of that fog of like waiting for the inspiration or waiting for the motivation or whatever it is. It's like, no, I just have a commitment to write every day. Um and something that Jeff Goins said at the very beginning of the conference that really like I wrote this down and kind of stuck with me, uh, was the idea of like to practice being an artist is what he said. And um he had this, he's like, we all know this phrase, fake it till you make it. Uh but he said that, like he wanted to switch it to believe it until you become it. Of just believe like, Hey, I am a writer. I am an artist, or, I have something to create. I have something to do. I have something to give and just believing that and then showing up every day and just acting in that mindset and just choosing that mindset, choosing to believe that until you actually then become a writer, you become an artist, you become a creator, uh, by the sheer fact that you're consistently creating, which is huge. I
0: love it. So how do you do that? Like, I mean, obviously we talked about how, you know, Leo and Tish and, 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 you know, Sean McCabe, who is a machine in a lot of ways, how he does it, but how do you like, how do you make sure that you are doing that every day? Or if, if we want to flip it a bit after coming away from, from this event, how are you going to change or improve or develop how you do that every day?
1: Honestly, like after coming back from the event, I actually feel encouraged that, It seems like I'm kind of doing it right, so to speak. Uh, Because you look at people like Leah Babauta, who, I mean, he just has this incredible, like he's an incredible writer, very clear thinker, very prolific writer, just awesome, right? And he's just going, I didn't know what I was doing. I just committed to show up and write every day and listen to my readers and listen to their their, uh, challenges. So this was a huge takeaway for me was the importance of listening to your audience, listening to, you know, your listeners or your readers and whomever they are and serving them, like putting them first and foremost in every decision you make about your website or your podcast, putting them first and foremost in every decision you make about what product you're going to create or maybe what ad you're going to accept, whatever that may be. Um, And then just what you're writing about or what it is that you're, you're talking about on your podcast or what your newsletter topics are going to be is going Is this serving my audience? Is it helping them? Am I solving their problems or, like, at least moving, helping them move in the right direction, whatever that looks like? And so, that commitment to always put your reader first, which is so liberating, honestly, because it takes the guesswork out of it. It's like you can just simplify, simplify down to, Okay. You know, when you go, what should I talk about? What should I talk about? It's like, well, it doesn't matter what you want to talk about. I mean, it does because you want to write about stuff you're interested in, but hopefully you've already kind of got that category figured out, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you go, what can I write about that's going to serve my audience? That's going to help them, that's going to encourage them or help them overcome a a challenge or an obstacle or, or whatever that may be. And just that commitment. So for me, like that, that big takeaway was, continuing to focus on the audience and serving them and then coming back to your question mike for me my the way that i show up every day so to speak is i just have a set writing time every morning uh you know for an hour in the morning i set aside and i sit down and i write and i've always kind of got like my topics ahead of time uh, prepared so when i come in in the morning i already know what it is i'm going to be writing about and that's really helpful for me is because it kind of just means that when i sit down to the keyboard I've just got singular focus, so to speak. Like I know exactly what I'm going to write about and the time is already set aside. So now all that's left to do is simply write. And uh, it allows me that, that like the margin basically to to do that work. So that's a huge one for me. And it's different things. Sometimes I'm writing articles. Sometimes I'm writing uh, you know, email newsletters. Sometimes I'm writing short little blog posts. Uh, I'm writing content for new products that we're working on, whatever it may be. But all of it is, it's writing at some point. It's, it's based on writing.
0: I want to dive into Focus and some of the other projects you're working on in our bonus episode that we're going to do here in a few minutes that, that's available to supporters of the show. But I want to ask you a question as we get close to wrapping up here. What about the event unexpectedly delighted or surprised you? That's a great question.
1: Uh, right I the bat, I know the answer to that easy. It's when uh, we had lunch on Sunday... Afternoon, uh, with uh Karen at Karen's home. Mm-hmm. We we had drove in. We drove into Franklin, downtown Franklin. And for those maybe not familiar, downtown Franklin is like a little walking city. It's several blocks, and just wide, you know, brick sidewalks, and just ice cream shops, and pizza shops, and sandwich shops, and little bars, and. Just really beautiful downtown area, um, you know, walking around. And so we go there on Sunday for lunch and it was just packed. Like all the restaurants (laughs) were just packed. It was very busy. And uh, there was this lady, Karen, who we had met at the conference. And she lives in downtown Franklin. She lives like just a few blocks away. And so we went into this little pizza by the slice shop and we grabbed, everyone grabbed uh, some, you know, personal pizzas. And then we just walked to, to Karen's home and she just had this beautiful, Uh, just kind of this colonial tall ceilings, beautiful dark wood floors, um, and just this beautiful home. And she hosted us in her dining room. There was like, I don't know, about eight or nine of us, I think. Yep. And it was so much fun. Uh, that was just such a, that was just a real treat. That was a highlight for me for sure.
0: Yeah, it was um, quite, quite magical. And then the other thing that, that as we're leaving, she's like, here, have, have some books. And we're just like, I know, (laughs) going through customs yeah great. going through customs like how many books you have i'm like i don't know <laughs> 10 <But, laughs> i got
1: yeah she had some kids books because she works as publisher mm-hmm. and so she had a bunch of their books on the shelf uh, so i got i got a copy of ray edwards new book yep um a new book by dave ramsey and then um several kids books so i packed up these kids books so i when i got home from the airport on monday morning i've got like a five-year-old and a four-year-old so i was able like hey guys you know i got you some some books, and that was that was special. Awesome. Thanks to Karen.
0: Yeah, so that was that was one of the highlights for me too. Um, another highlight was getting to hang out with you, of course, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, continuing, um, you know, to see you and hang out with you and do work together. And I know we've got some stuff. If uh, we've done some stuff with the Focus Course, but we did the Focus. We've done a lot of stuff together. Creative Focus Summit. We've done the awareness building class. And, uh, you know, um, for those of uh, you who uh, want to check out some of the stuff we've done, where can people find the stuff we've done and then the stuff you've just done? Well, maybe not entirely on your own, but where they can find you to learn more about what you do.
1: Pretty much everything I do right now, you can go to com, And that's where we've got a little box up there uh, on the menu for training and awareness building classes listed up there for that's what you and I did together, mm-hmm. Mike. Uh, and then that's where a lot of my writing on the time management stuff is
0: awesome Sean thanks so much for joining me again it was great to see you in Nashville once again and let's do it again real soon thanks Mike yeah for sure big thanks to Sean for joining me this week on the show of course you can check out all of the things that we're working on together as well as any related show notes Uh, In the show notes, of course, Uh, all the links and stuff are there. And if you are a Patreon supporter, if you are a member of the podcast community, then you will get a bonus episode as well. Uh, Just uh, if you want to get that, if you're not yet a member, you can uh, join us at patreon.com slash productivityist And all the details are there. Thanks to John Polster for producing this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks to all the members of my team who helped put this show together. And thanks to you for listening. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy from the Productivities Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.